Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. And welcome back into the Bama on three show. It's first and 10 coming at you first thing in the morning with a 10 minute recap of what's going on with Alabama right now. Now, for today's show, we're going to do something a little bit different. Um, There was something that I came across on Twitter, and I think it's very applicable to Alabama and the offensive philosophy that has changed during the course of Nick Saban's career as the head coach and how that might affect things a little bit. You know, you don't see uh, defenses, the will of defenses being taken away quite as much as you used to with Alabama's style of offense. And I think... Chargers head coach, uh, Los Angeles Chargers head coach, Brandon Staley, had a great point about why that might be. So take a listen to this, and then we'll talk about it after. Uh, What I think that the running game does for a quarterback um, is it gives you some breathers. And, um, you know, you don't need a good running game to be a good play-action team, but what you need the running game for is the physical element of the game. There's a physicality to the game that's real. Right. If you're just a passing team, okay, there's a physical element to the game that the defense doesn't have to respect. Okay. And that's the truth. Okay. Because the data will tell you, you don't need a run game to play pass. That's not, you don't need that. But what the running game does for you, it brings a physical dimension to the football game. And what the running game does that the passing game does not is the running game forces the defense to play blocks and to tackle. That happens on a run play. You must play blocks and you must tackle. 
In the passing game, those things don't have to happen, right? You don't have to play as many blocks, right? And you don't, may not have to tackle based on incomplete or not. So what the running game does is it really challenges your physicality. And that's why I think the run game is important to a quarterback is because it's going to allow him literally to have more space to operate when you do throw the football, okay? It's not that you need the run game to throw it. It's just what it gives the rest of your skill players. Now, isn't that interesting? Um, you know, when I heard that, I thought it was it lined up perfectly because you got to think back when Alabama was a run first, had that run first mentality or identity offensively, that's what you used to see. You know, them just smash the football at people to a point where uh, the the will of opposing defenses was just completely taken away. They didn't want to step back on the football field. They had been physically and completely wore down and, you know, it had lasting long-term effects on programs. Now, granted, Alabama can still have that effect. I mean, you're talking about Florida State. You did have Jalen Hurts, and that was a run-first philosophy, I guess, is, um, to some degree because you had that power running quarterback, and you saw how that game turned out for Florida State and how that's had lingering effects. You know, you talk about Miami. I just think that they were a little bit overrated heading into this season. But that just proves that you can still take that pass first mentality like Alabama, you know, has done over the last, you know, half decade or so and be able to still have lingering or cause opposing teams to have lingering effects after playing you. But it just doesn't have that same feel to it that it used to. And, you know, when you talk about being physical, um, that's what Alabama built its program on, uh, amongst other things throughout the first part of Nick Saban's career is they were going to be the most physical football team that you stepped on the field against and it was going to hurt and you weren't going to enjoy it. And now Alabama's slinging the football around everywhere and they're having plenty of success doing it and they're still winning tons of football games. And I think you have to have that element in today's college football. But, you know, just taking that game last week against uh, Ole Miss, for example, they absolutely hammered Brian Robinson Jr. at that Ole Miss defense. You know, 36 carries, 171 yards, and four touchdowns. And you saw it the year before. Now, granted, you still saw Mac Jones throw for 400-plus yards against that Rebels defense. But you saw Najee Harris rush for over 200. You saw uh, Brian Robinson Jr. I want to say that he had 75-plus rushing yards. And uh, I think collectively they had either – you know, I know Najee Harris had five touchdowns. I don't remember if, if Brian Robinson Jr. scored or not off the top of my head. But either way, five or six rushing touchdowns in that game. But this one just felt different. Uh, you know, last year it was just a terrible Ole Miss defense that wasn't able to tackle. This year, you know, they had some similar issues, but it just felt like that just the way that Alabama was running it out them. It was Brian Robinson Jr. carrying guys, and you just saw over time that the will of that uh, Ole Miss defense start to fade. Now, they did play pretty well down the stretch. Don't get me wrong. But just I just felt like it was a reminder of what used to be. And then hearing this quote from from Brandon Staley, he's got a great point. I mean, you think about what Florida did to Alabama's defense in week three. They smashed the football at Alabama and it was it was option stuff. It wasn't like you know a downhill rushing attack every time, even though there was some stuff that was run right up the gut. It was more so just the run game in general and making Alabama, like Brandon Staley said, play blocks, you know, the front seven especially, play blocks play after play, having to go try to make tackles, play after play, and it made a difference in the way that Alabama's defense was in the third and fourth quarter compared to what would happen if you would have seen them slinging it around. And tempo can have that effect too to some degree, 
But, you know, you got to think that the sport of football was not designed um, or it was designed, but, it, you know, the, the basics of, you know, human nature, you weren't designed as a human being to throw your body as hard as you possibly can against another human's body, you know, 60, 70 times in a football game. Um, and and with the more you have to do it and the more physical it is because of what you're doing, which is running the football, that's going to have a much more lasting, lingering effect on your psyche than, you know, having to run to the sidelines and make a tackle one-on-one. But I also thought it was interesting because, you know, how it opens up, you know, people talk about, oh, you need to be able to run the football uh, in order to, you know, throw the football. And Staley's point, and, you know, to some degree, I think he's correct, is you don't have to necessarily have a running game to be able to throw the football. I mean, granted, you know, you look at Mississippi State, they're a perfect example of that. Now, granted, how much success do they really have uh, throwing the football, not as much in the SEC as they have in other conferences or Mike Leach's offense have in other conferences in the past. But you quickly realize that, you know, they ha- they established zero running game in a football game, and yet they can, Mike Leach's offenses in the past, have had success throwing the football. So it is n- not necessarily a necessity, except for the fact that it's what it's going to do as far as creating spacing with the opposing defense and giving your quarterback more space to work with. So I just thought that entire quote was was pretty fascinating. I certainly enjoyed listening to it. I immediately thought about Alabama, and I wanted to share that with you guys, and I want to hear your thoughts on it as well. Um, you know, speaking of having that style of offense, um, I don't think it would be, you know, completely ridiculous for Alabama to take a similar approach. Now, now Texas A&M's defense, they're going to run a four-man front uh, a lot of the time. They're going to, um, you know, cause – issues they're a much better defense than than old miss and just with their alignment they're not going to present as many opportunities to run the football as consistently as old miss did so alabama's going to have to earn their uh rushing yards a lot more against a&m's defense but i will say this they aren't a great run defensive team uh they don't stop the run extremely well you know so far this season texas a&m is ranked 71st in the country in rushing defense they're giving up 142.6 yards per game and a lot of that is the result of Mississippi State only giving their running backs 11 carries which they turned into 35 yards Um, that brought the number for Texas A&M down quite a bit outside of that I want to say that A&M has been giving up roughly about 171 yards a game which would be ranked way further down the number 71 they'd be closer to being ranked outside of the top 100 or just inside the top 100 so when you're going on the road to College Station, you want to take as much pressure off of Bryce Young in that College Station environment uh, with the 12th man and all that stuff going on. I think it would benefit Alabama to establish a very physical um, run game early and be able to take as much pressure off of Bryce as possible. Now, granted, like I said, with the way that Ole Miss's defense was, it took away passing opportunities just based off of their alignment and having six defensive backs in the field. Texas A&M is not going to present those same that same lack of opportunity. Now, granted, they're a much better secondary. They're one of the you know A&M has one of the best secondaries in the country, in my opinion, from a talent standpoint, from a passing yardage standpoint. I think they're ranked inside the top twenty-five as far as passing yards allowed per game. But at the same time, I still think that Bryce Young is going to be able to have more success because they aren't they're not running that same style of defense. Um. But in order to do that, you need to be able to establish a run game and take as much pressure off of him as possible. Clearly establish yourself as the more physical football team. 
And then you can kind of take it from there. So I do think you're going to see a heavy dose of Brian Robinson Jr. again, or at least I would expect that you would. I think you'll see a little bit more of Bryce Young early on um, just because of the way that the defense is going to be aligned. But then also Roydell Williams. And that's somebody that I talked about in the piece that I wrote uh, or released today, which is five players to look out for against Texas A&M, five Alabama players to look out for against Texas A&M. Roydell Williams is one of them. And I'll go ahead and kind of spoil that a little bit and you can go read it you know, some more in-depth analysis, but my reasoning because of the opportunities that are going to be there um, against Texas A&M's defense, as far as from a, a rushing perspective, and you know what you're going to get in Brian Robinson Jr., but you also, you know, this is an opportunity for Roy Dell Williams to establish himself as a quality number two option uh, at running back. We saw him against Southern Miss with Brian Robinson Jr. out working that same number two role, but that was a conference USA team. It was non-power five. Yes, Southern Miss does have a good rushing defense, or they had up to that point, but there's only so much that you can take away from that. Going into College Station against a you know Texas A&M defense, an SEC defense, I think that will present a, a the perfect opportunity for Roy Dell Williams to establish himself as a quality option behind Brian Robinson Jr. So that's going to do it for today's episode. Really had fun uh, talking about this with you guys, and we're going to be talking about it a lot more. You know, Jimmy and I are going to be doing our preview episode and, you know, all these opportunities that I'm talking about and defensive alignments and things like that. We'll get into that more, you know, in a little bit more detail. Uh, so be on the lookout for that. But once again, I appreciate you guys tuning in to the Bama on three show, the first and 10 edition. And we'll talk to you guys soon. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads Money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager. Only $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE. 
N Y or text Hope N Y in New York.